Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. One pitch. Bogart sends a drive to center field and deep. Gardner turns around and watches it fly. Oh, high and deep out to right field. Judge back and watching, and it's gone. He got him as a Cub in 2015, and he got him as a Boston Red Sox tonight. Doesn't matter, ball four. I don't think anybody preparing for this one, evaluating this one, or previewing this one in any capacity wow. thought that Garrett Cole was going to be gone after two plus and 50 pitches. But that's exactly what's happened tonight. And then you got to pay him over $300 million when he's supposed to come through in big games like that. I can't imagine what it's like in New York this morning with what people are saying about Garrett Cole. Um, sometimes you just don't have it, and he didn't really have it last night. And Boston was ready for that fastball. They jumped on it, and the game was over early on to an extent. To an extent. We're going to get into that and then preview what's coming up uh, on the show and tonight as the Cardinals have a winner-take-all at Dodger Stadium against L.A. That is Brandon Kiley. Tanner is here. I'm Dan McLaughlin. I uh, want to say, in all sincerity, congratulations, Tanner, because you are now a full-time employee at 101 ESPN. And believe you me, as I know BK feels the same way, we could not do this show nope. without you. you. You just do a phenomenal job, so congratulations. Well, thank well you. Deserved. I really appreciate that. It's uh, flat out the truth. I people know, and, and I don't think they do, it would be impossible to, to understand how much work goes into the oh, job boy. that Tanner has. It is a thankless job at times. It can be very difficult to work with curmudgeons like Dan and myself oh, at yeah. times. Um, We're tough. And, and Tanner is one of the best that you could possibly ask for. So we are incredibly lucky, and he is beyond deserving of being full-time. And I know um, this can be can look to some like a glamorous job, Dan. It is not always that way. The... Hours are long. The pay ain't great sometimes, but man, is it a fun job to have when you have days like this. I don't know how they convinced him to do it. (laughs) They must have really come at you hard because it is a thankless job many times, especially putting up with Ryder and BK specifically. Don't put me in that group. I'm very easy. Um, But man, they must have the bonus, the incentives, the new car. I I saw you pull up in that new that that new sports car out His there. His beautiful package is very robust. Incredible. I saw that as Yeah. Boy, the hell know. are we doing wrong, BK? Tanner came in today. He said, screw the apartment that I was looking at. I'm buying a house out in Wildwood. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you do you. Oh, that's awesome. That might so, be an easier process. Let's be honest. You do a phenomenal job. So congratulations. So you. last night, pretty much uh, clear from the jump. Garrett Cole didn't have it. And we're going to get into the Cardinals and the Dodgers. Brian Anderson's going to be calling that game. He is the Milwaukee Brewers uh, broadcaster and uh, does the national games on TBS. Good friend of mine. Looking forward to visiting with him at about 1030 or so. So Cole leaves in the third inning without recording it out. Left runners on first and second. And it was two innings, four hits, three earned. Walked a couple, 50 pitches, struck out three. 
and here's the thing, BK, I'm watching the game, and I love watching postseason baseball. I don't care if it takes five hours. I watch it all because the yep. drama is so good, and things can really change quickly. It's not like a game in July when you watch this and everybody cheers and you go, oh, okay, game tomorrow. No, this is winner take all. So with Aaron Boone and what he did, I had zero problem with it. Cole wasn't – he did not have his stuff. And the other thing was he needed to get a ground ball. Yep. Had to get a ground ball, and he got it. It was the right move. And so you, you wake up this morning, you're a Yankees fan, you're going, man, oh, man. I mean, and again, I, I don't like doing this, but you have to put it in perspective. When you pay a guy that kind of money, this is why you bring him in. There is a responsibility and a pressure that goes along with the contract. This isn't a guy making the league minimum, and you go, well, he gave us our two innings, got us off on the right foot, kept us in the game early. No, this is Garrett Cole. He's supposed to go to Fenway and shove. That is your arch rival. And he didn't. And so, you know, there's some questions going forward with him because he did not finish this year well either. I, you know, is it health related? Is it mental? Do the Red Sox have his number? Um, is it the big stage? Whatever. He's done it on the big stage, but this is different. New York and Boston. So there's a lot of questions going forward with that. Weather got cold. The sticky stuff was gone. And suddenly Garrett Cole didn't look so great. And I do wonder that, if there there's is anything that, that is connected there. And I don't know that to be the case, but we know he was one of the guys that was very upfront about, you know, I, I don't want this stuff gone. So I, I think know, there's I, at least something worth speculating there about. I said it at the time. Um, and you know this, we were doing the show mm-hmm. and they started talking about spider tack and the sticky substances, the foreign substances used on baseballs. And I said, man, can you imagine waking up your Brian Cashman this morning and knowing now that this is going into full effect, that they're going to be checking these guys and that guys are going to police themselves because they don't want to get embarrassed. We saw some of them did get caught, but the numbers bared it out over the course. And, and I think we need to do a show on that too, coming up, like really look into the numbers of what happened on that date to the end of the season. Because that's really the telltale is, okay, what did the numbers prove? Was slugging down? Were more balls in play? Were strikeouts down? And I think, generally speaking, average was up. It did make a difference. Um, But, man, it was kind of well known that there were certain guys, there were whispers, and you said, oh, man, that guy's using it. Well, Garrett Cole came out and was almost in tears. Remember that press conference yep. about that? And you signed him to $300 million. So if you take away something that is beneficial to him and highly beneficial, who am I really getting? So it's kind of like in the steroid era. If I take away steroids from certain players, am I really getting that 35-year-old that I just signed for $30 million? Yeah, you take or it am I from, really getting a 35-year-old? You take it away from Barry Bonds, it's like, okay, he's still a Hall of Famer. You take it away from some of those other fringe guys that were taking it, it's like, whoa, I, I got a 4A player hey, let me that ask I you paid a $5 million. What am I doing here? I'm turning the tables on you. Please. Let me ask you a question. Because um, you always like to say that to me. <laughs> I have never been one to say... At least I don't think so. And maybe if I did, it was just because I was ranting and raving and it just flew out of my mouth. But was Barry Bonds a Hall of Famer before steroids? Yes. And But here's my point. When did he start taking them? How do you know? I would assume when his head got a lot bigger. And that was yeah, part of it. I mean, it. there were some natural or uh, unnatural things that were going on with yeah. his body change. But I don't know when he started taking them. And when he, so let's say, started taking them when he had... 300 home runs and X amount of steals and X amount of gold gloves. Was he a Hall of Famer then? 
I don't know. Maybe he's borderline. I mean, he was on the path to being a Hall of Famer in Pittsburgh before he ever got to San Francisco. He's really, I mean, he's a great player. There's no question about it. Don't get me wrong. I, I The guy is fabulous. And by the way, in term, it, steroids or not, he's probably the best hitter I've ever seen. Yeah. It, it may not even be close. And I'm talking about Albert. I'm talking about Juan Soto. I'm talking about Harper. I'm talking about everybody. I did many of his games. BK, he was sick. I mean, he was unbelievable how good he was. This is not even the hitting side of things, but and and this is 100% because of steroids, so I want to make that very clear. But in 2004, he would have had a near 300 on base percentage without ever having a hit because people were just like, we're not allowing you to hit against us. We're going to intentionally walk you. Like they just they wanted no part of pitching to Barry Bonds. So, yeah, for, for my money and a 2004 is not part of my argument because that was definitely in sure. the midst of the steroid era. Um, but for my money, yes, he was a Hall of Famer. I think he had two Hall of Fame careers. He had the Hall of Fame career pre steroids or at least pre. And, and that's fair. I just don't know. And one uh, also afterwards. So I, I would have had him in, but. That's a side conversation. By the way, let me just say this. I watched Barry Bonds. I'd go down on the field and watch him take BP. He would hit everything on the screws. Like, I remember one time I went down and I said, okay, for this entire series, I'm just going to go stand by the cage and watch him take BP. And, you know, there's great hitters that sometimes will pop one up and they hit the top of the cage and maybe they they hit a, a hard ground ball. He hit everything, BK, everything on a line, everything. And when the Cardinals would play him, his understanding of the strike zone is probably the best I've ever seen. I mean, they were borderline pitches, man. And I mean, they're going away, 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 and then pop them really far in and away and up and down. I mean, and he just wouldn't take it. Uh, he just wouldn't swing. And then the one that I always bring up, Bush Stadium 2, I'm doing the game, and he hit a ball so hard. It might have been a grand slam or a three-run homer, I don't, but it was a home run. And it hit the facade, kind of like where the Ozzy Smith go crazy folks thing hit. And so he hits it so hard that it came back into the infield before he was at second base. It was the hardest ball I think I've ever, ever seen. So by no means am I not saying he's, I just don't know when he started. Sure. And yeah. It, anyway. All right. Let's talk about what's going on now. What do you got? So last night, let's talk a little bit about what happened there. All right. You mentioned it wasn't the wrong call. Not only was it not the wrong call to take out Garrett Cole, it was the absolute right call. Agreed. And yesterday when we were talking about this and I, people on the text line got mad at me because I mentioned, hey, if it's the third inning and Wayno just doesn't have his best stuff, what do you do there if you're Mike Schilt? This is what I was talking about because you just don't know. Sometimes, as you mentioned, guys just don't have it. And Wayno more often than not has it. And he's been excellent for the Cardinals this year. And I hope he gives you a complete game shutout tonight. I hope that happens. But if he runs into trouble early, much like what the Yankees had to do, you have to get him out of there. You have to be willing to go to your bullpen to be able to save yourself, to potentially extend that game. And that's what Boone did in that spot. And I thought he was absolutely correct in doing so. Here's what he had to say about the move with uh, Garrett Cole. What did you evaluate when you made the call to remove Cole early? Just felt like it was time. We're, we're just going through a tough part of the lineup. You know, I, I felt like Holmes could put the ball on the ground in that situation. And you know, we got to keep this thing in check right now. I just felt like it was time. Was there anything wrong with Garrett physically or was that just performance based? No, it was just just a uh, just call that I made to, to go to the pen there. Nothing physically. So it's interesting. If you're Mike Schilt, you're in that spot. How much do you trust Wayno? My point being is in the game tomorrow, it's not like you're, you know, we trust Wayno. 
So we're going to trust and, and see how the game unfolds and evaluate it as it goes. Uh, clearly navigate it based on what we see. Um, but in those other two games, um, the, the games took different. But we went into last year's game three knowing that we were likely to have to go in. You know, we had Jack going, um, who we have comps in as well. And then we got down and then we had to navigate the bullpen. So when you look at the full body of work of Adam Wainwright this year, uh, amazing in the, the fact that he was able to go very deep in his games. He's rested. I would like to think that he's going to be sharp tonight. Cardinals have won his last eight starts, 13 of 14, and he's pitched. This is the one I want to bring up. He's pitched fewer than six innings just once during that span. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing I would say, though, BK, is that let me throw a few things out there. Sure. First of all, it's winner take all. Okay, so if he, if you see any signs of something not going right, you get him out of there. By necessity, the Cardinals were putting him in positions to go deep into games because for four months out of this season, at least, you didn't feel real comfortable going to your bullpen. Now, you felt comfortable for a while with the big three, and then they were getting overused, and then you didn't have Garcia, McFarland, Cody Whitley. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. And in this case, let's add to it. Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Dakota Hudson, all could be added to this roster. I haven't seen the roster today, uh, I, although I understand that Yepes is going to be added. That's what Randy was talking about this morning, potentially. 26? Potentially, that's what he said. I had not seen that. but I know for what it's worth, Derek Gould said yesterday, I heard him talking, and he said he believes it's just as a taxi squad member. So be. we'll see on it's that. It's kind of an award for these guys, yeah. Kramer Robertson, Libertor, Yepes, some of the others. Um my point is, too, is that analytically speaking, if you want to look at analytics, a third time through, a slugging percentage goes way up. I mean, it is way up. So the first time through, the the advantage to the pitcher. Second time through, it's kind of hit and miss. It's about 50-50. And then third time through, it is highly advantageous towards the direction of the hitter. So you're probably not, I wouldn't think, see him go deep in this game because out of necessity, you don't need to. And if you feel that there's any reason to get him out, maybe you need that ground ball double play. And T.J. McFarland's your guy, and he's been your guy here in the second half. I think he induced 12 or 13 ground ball double plays in the second half alone. You go that direction. Need a strikeout. Maybe I'm going Luis Garcia. Maybe I want Cabrera coming in. Cabrera rested. I'll take him over just about anybody in anybody's bullpen. Rested. So the point is, is that I think you manage this game way differently, even with Adam Wainwright on the mound because it's a different team. Totally with you. I think what you heard there from Mike Schilt was just him saying the thing that he needs to say publicly before this game. You don't want to say that. If Mike Schilt said yesterday, yeah, listen, if Adam Wainwright goes out there and he's having trouble early, we're going to pull him. There's just no reason to say that before the game. It, it doesn't serve any purpose. And this, at least, if Wayno is listening or he sees the quote somewhere, like it just gives him a little bit more confidence. Maybe it's 1% more. It probably doesn't much matter. But you don't want to lack confidence going into this one. So this is what Mike Schilt does. He, he says things that are positive about his players publicly. Behind the scenes, I can guarantee you, I don't even need to do any reporting on this. It is true. They're talking internally about what they decide to do if they get into a tough spot in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth inning. 
that's what the coaching staff is doing right now. So they are having those conversations. They know what that's going to look like internally, but there's no reason for them to talk about that externally. That, that's my belief on what you just heard there from that quote. Wayno says, let's go. I, I do like those pressure moments. I do. I, I, I seem to uh, respond well to that. So um, I, I'm not looking at it as a one and done, though. This is a this is just the first game of the, the rest of the postseason for me. That's I mean, which is, you know, every game in the postseason is the most important game you'll ever pitch. So I'm very excited about it. And here's some of the names that he will be facing. Will Smith, who does not get enough credit. Their catcher. He's a really God, good player. Good. Really good player. You got Trey Turner. You got Corey Seager. You got Justin Turner. You got Chris Taylor probably out there at some spot. A.J. Pollock is another one. Uh, Gavin Lux. A.J. Pollock again could play center field. You got Mookie Betts. You know, you're talking about a lineup that's loaded, and I haven't even mentioned Albert Pujols. But this is, again, a team, if you're on the other side, you're going, wait a minute, a Tommy Edmond, boy, he had, a, he had a pretty good year. And then when they decided to go with these three guys sandwiched between Tyler O'Neill, you got Goldie, O'Neill, Arenado, pretty darn good. Um, Harrison Bader, kind of a wild card. You're not sure what you're going to get out of him. I call him Steady Eddie, which is, I guess it should be Edmond, but Dylan Carlson, so yep. steady as a 22-year-old. Uh, Yadier Molina, always up for big games, big moments. I mean, this is going to be fun, man. It's going to be a good game. It's so interesting because there are so many guys that will play in this game tonight, Dan, that I feel like could take over a game. Like there, there are a bunch of them over on the Dodgers side, no doubt about it. But it would not be a surprise to me if we finish the game tonight and tomorrow the headline is Harrison Bader stole the show. Yeah. It's totally in play. Well, I'll say this. I, I'll take the Cardinals defense. Oh, and that's 100%. maybe how they steal the show is this is a very good defensive team. Outstanding defensive team. I thought that was an underrated storyline of the game last night. The Boston Red Sox defensively saved a run and it was a bad decision to send him in that spot. It was Aaron Judge uh, taken home and it, he probably shouldn't have been sent. However, it also required a really good relay from the Boston Red Sox and they executed it to perfection. So stuff like that. That's the kind of thing that the Cardinals aren't going to miss on if the Dodgers make any sort of mistakes. Underrated last night. You know what it was? The Yankee lineup grinds. No walks. Zero. They did not walk in the game, and that was big. Coming up, we're going to visit with Brian Anderson, and he'll have the call tonight. Cardinals and Dodgers coming up. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. He's one of the best in the business. MLB on TBS play-by-play announcer Brian Anderson. Brian on the call tonight. National League wildcard game on TBS. Cardinals and the Dodgers. 7 Central here in St. Louis. And they'll have a one-hour pregame show before that. TBS, the exclusive home of the National League throughout the 2021 MLB postseason. Brian, you see him on golf on TBS. Uh, You see him on the NCAA tournament. Uh, You watch him um, describe the Cardinals sweeping the Milwaukee Brewers in Milwaukee for the home team Brewers. Come on, BA. You're supposed to laugh at that a little bit. Come on. Come on, BA. Wow. Come on. I, 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 I built you up. Early I built you up, man. That? Sorry, buddy. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I I'm preparing all my phrases and statements to, you know, to pull the extreme 
anti-cardinal broadcast. <laughs> no, you do a great I've job. I've gotten a lot of Twitter. Oh, men, you know, a lot of people are, are letting me know that if I don't call this down the middle, that they're not going to be happy with me in St. Louis. So well, I'm going to actually double down on that and go the other way, and just everything's going to be anti-cardinals. So it's kind of like the reverse of Joe Buck. It's so, going to be like it's going to be very difficult to listen to. Just stop, okay. Quit well, the pity Joe Buck party. Gets criticized here too sometimes when the Cardinals are losing. So. Yeah. So just <laughs> no way. So I'll say it now publicly on this uh, widely popular radio show at ten o'clock on one hundred and one ESPN. Brian Anderson does a phenomenal job, and he does not have a rooting interest for the Cardinals, nor does he have a rooting interest for the Dodgers. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. So I don't. I got your back, man. I usually do a disclaimer. Book Shambi and I usually do a disclaimer that, you know, we we don't hate your team. We will celebrate success. And if that happens to come against your, against your team, that might feel like we hate your team, but we really don't hate your team. But whoever's having the success is going to get the love. You know what I mean, Danny Mac? I feel you, dog. Now, here's the deal. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, you know, you saw the Cardinals here at the end of the season. This is a completely different team than the one that you saw probably even a month and a half ago. They're going up against Goliath, the juggernaut that is the Dodgers. Um, how do you size up? Just a general question. How do you size up a winner-take-all between these two teams? I mean, uh, a slingshot in the rock is a perfect scenario for a one-game wild-card game. That's absolutely the best-case scenario for the Cardinals who are the last team in the postseason, they're the number two wild card. But they, I was talking to Mike Schilt about this yesterday. Um, the Cardinals have as much claim to a World Series title as anybody in the game right now. And uh, I believe that. I've seen them seven times, as you mentioned, in the last two weeks. I'm a believer for sure. Um, you kind of got all the pieces. The starting pitching is a little bit concerning. But at the same time, if you don't get yourself in too deep of a hole, um, and you got your best guy tonight, obviously, in Wainwright. You have such a great bullpen. Uh, that matters. That's usually what shows up in the postseason. So um, it's a 5 o'clock local start. Um, right now, there's pretty heavy marine layer over Los Angeles, which would be, if it stays kind of cloudy, which I don't think it will, but that would be huge because the shadows are pretty intense um, at 5 o'clock here on the West Coast. So I think that 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 and Joe West behind the plate – I think that totally plays into Adam Wainwright's no question. game plan. No uh, question. I think that's a huge part of the story. Uh, it's his last game, I guess. He's retiring. I need to find out if it's actually his last game or if he's it's his last season, which I, I know that for a fact. But his his zone can get big, and you know he's not really interested in that whole what they used to call the Quest Tech or now the the uh, the Robo readouts. Not really uh, interesting to him anymore because he's not. Uh, abiding by those rules, so I love that. I love that for the Cardinals. Uh, I think both of those things are going to play into it. And if you can get a good, solid two passes through the lineup with Wainwright and roll out all six of those relievers in some fashion or matchup-driven way, um, I think advantage Cardinals at that point. So to me, it all kind of hinges on the early part of the game. And you know, the Dodgers are crazy talented, and they certainly have the best personnel the best team um of any of the competitors in the national league uh but you know they lost muncie sunday that's a big loss he's not going to play today probably won't play in the ds they're hoping they could get him back in the cs if they make it that far but um i i I don't know man this one game playoff with that whole david goliath bit i 
it usually doesn't apply in baseball, but I think it does in this scenario. I, I like I like it tonight for the Cardinals. And part of that story is going to be Max Scherzer on the mound for the Dodgers. He's he's unbelievable. I mean, there's there's no there's nothing that you can accomplish as a pitcher that Max Scherzer hasn't done thus far in his career. But I am curious, Brian, if you look back at his last two starts, they're not very Max Scherzer esque. About five innings in either of them, he gave up five earned runs in both of them. Did you when you talked with people around the Dodgers, was there any level of concern whatsoever about those two starts from Scherzer leading into the wild card game? No, I don't think so. And I actually talked to Max as well. We uh we did a sit down on Saturday and that'll air tonight and he you know, I think he's he's the guy. I mean, he is at thirty seven years of age, he's still probably the number one option in a big game. He's the biggest name and um uh no no concern about that at all. You know, he's, he's going to, he's a strike thrower. So it's hard to get him for that two, three run home run. He does give up some home runs. And uh, I do think the Cardinals, you know, they're good with velocity fastballs as Danny Mac knows, you guys know. So that kind of plays into uh, their favor, but he's elite still. I mean, he's got a chance to win another Cy Young It's fourth. Um, He's been amazing. I, I don't know of a contract that, a, a big name pitcher has signed that has been fulfilled to the level of Max Scherzer. And so he's going to get another one. He's at the end of his deal, obviously, which is why he got traded. But um, no, I don't think there's any concern with Max Scherzer. I mean, if you beat Max Scherzer, so be it. Um, we saw Garrett Cole last night. I think everybody felt like Garrett Cole was limping in. He's, he's not healthy. He just, he didn't look healthy. He's obviously he's had some hamstring issues. I mean, you could see it. I don't see that Max Scherzer. He was running around the field yesterday doing PFP, which is pitcher fielding practice on the field. Like it was game seven of the world series, man. This dude is an animal. Oh yes, he is. uh, He's a, and he's a St. Louis guy. And I know he's uh, he was a huge Cardinal fan as everybody knows there and um, spoke fondly of the Cardinals and then quickly snapped into Mad Max mode and said, yeah, but none of those players are playing for the current Cardinals. So that, that kind of, Got me a little scared, actually, a little intimidated. I was into the blue eye when he said that. Yeah. The Dodger blue eye when he said that. It got me nervous. Well, I did a lot of his games when he was at college uh, at Mizzou, and his intensity is something that was back then, and it's still at the age of 37. And another guy with St. Louis ties is Albert Pujols. And I, I brought this up yesterday, Brian. Um, and now we, we're biased. I mean, we've seen this guy – for 11 great years and maybe the greatest 11 years that uh, we'll ever see an individual put up in St. Louis of anybody. Um, mm-hmm. And then he comes back with the angels and hits a home run in what was such a memorable weekend for so many fans. He's beloved here in many corners of this town. And then he hits a home run for the Dodgers when they come back here uh, and gets a standing ovation every single time. And, and the point I'm trying to bring up is look, I, I know he's compromised. This is not the guy we watched for those 11 years. He's not the defensive player that he once was. And with Muncie out, I, I just wonder if Dave Roberts, and again, I understand Wayne knows right-handed. You want to save him for that lefty coming off the bench. That's where his production has been. But, man, sometimes there's things that go beyond the, the stat sheet and analytics. And if I'm Dave Roberts, if I was on his staff, I would say, Dave, I've seen this guy a lot. He wants to rise to the occasion more than anybody tonight against this team a team that had a couple of chances to sign him and bring him back and didn't. He has he plays on emotion, and and you can show me all the numbers, but that doesn't show up in a stat sheet. I, I just wonder in your conversations if Dave said to you, 
Boy, I'm thinking about maybe giving a start to Albert Pujols because we'll play on that emotion and see what he can do against the Cardinals. Yeah, that's um, that's the major question is the replacement strategy for Max Muncy, and that's you know that's kind of one of our biggest topics. You know, when we hit the air tonight, that's uh, we're actually going to talk to Dave before the game, right before the game starts, and let him tell us what the strategy there is, what he shared with me. Uh, and I did not see him yesterday. I didn't talk to Dave yesterday. Um, but what he shared with me over the weekend, Sunday, we were here for the TBS game Sunday, um, that he's, he's got options and they're mulling. So the options are uh, Bellinger. You bring Bellinger in to play first base, which is possible. He's not hitting well. Um, you know, he's had a down year. He's been injured a lot, broke his leg, broke, uh, injured his shoulder last year in the world series, had surgery, so that's one option. He's an excellent defensive first baseman. Matt Beatty has been raking off the bench. He's been a huge pinch hitter for them. Has homered twice in his last three games. But he's a liability defensively. Albert would be much better defensively than Beatty, even at this point. Uh, so that's a concern. Uh, and then Albert. And so I think the the key to the, the whole decision is, believe it or not, it's not really about Albert. It's more about do they want to get Gavin Lux in the lineup? So Gavin Lux has converted to the outfield now. He's a below-average outfielder. He's brand new out there. He's just starting, takes bad routes. He'll, he'll be a good outfielder at some point if he plays the position because he's a terrific athlete. But at this moment, he's not. Um, but he is swinging the bat really well, and he's got a little bit of that show pony in him. You know, in the postseason, he's had a couple of moments. He's and he's hot and he's left-handed. So I think that's kind of what it comes down to. If you play Lux in center field and you move Bellinger to first, um, that would be one move with two left-handed bats. You weaken your defense. And I mentioned the, the shadows. You know, you put Gavin Lux out there with the twilight, right field to sun field here, but still center fielders have a tough time too, man. You know, I don't know. There's a lot to go through if I'm the Dodgers right now, but the easiest move, the plug-and-play move, would probably be Bellinger in center field with his great defense and think of him as an eighth-place hitter, which is what he is, and then have Pujols, you know, see if he can strike oil with Pujols uh, at first base. So uh, that is topic number one for sure uh, for the Dodgers. You mentioned the defense. For me, that is maybe the biggest differentiation for the Cardinals going into this one. If you're looking for a way for them to win, their defense is a big way that could be a part of this. How much of a storyline for you is that going into this game? You mentioned it at first base, potentially in center field. The Cardinals are plus defenders basically everywhere. It's it's a huge story, especially in the playoffs. You, you can't give away outs. You know, my, my only concern would be you've got a lot of young Outfielders. I mean, you're you're not worried at all about your infield. I mean, Sosa is. This is going to be somewhat of a new experience for him, but you know he's he's really good, and I think you know you feel great about your defense. The Cardinals have the best defensive team by far of all the the five competitors still left in the National League. So that's a huge plus. Um, you know, the Dodgers hit a lot of homers though, so it's hard to play defense up in the stands. So that you know, does that counter it? I'm not sure. Wainwright is a guy who puts the ball in play. Um, even great defenders have moments. I mean, Trent Grisham won a won a Gold Glove last year. The year prior, um, he botched a play in right field with the Brewers and the Washington Nationals in the one game wild card, started by Max Scherzer, and it cost the Brewers. It, it that's what ended their season. Grisham got traded, but 
like I've seen it before, great defenders can have moments too, especially in the pressure with the 50,000 people at Dodger Stadium, a little bit of the haze twilight early innings. Like it can freak people out, you know. I remember Will Myers, um, he he really struggled in the twilight in Boston while he was playing for the Rays, and it, it affected him. So you just see strange things in the playoffs, but defense is huge and making sure you don't give those extra outs, all those cliches, it all applies uh, and it's amplified in the postseason. I know this is a little bit of the sentimentality of, of Major League Baseball, but go back to your life a year ago, our lives a year ago. You're calling postseason baseball essentially with nobody in the stands. I'm watching the game last night at Fenway. That place... The, the roof was going to blow off. And, uh, you know, at Dodger Stadium, we're going to, as you mentioned, 50,000 people. Um, and for me, Brian, people ask me, boy, wasn't the 17-game winning streak awesome? And, and you're calling the games, and it was fun. And I said, yeah, it was great. And the team came together, and it was great for our town. But, man, it was great that people got reengaged with the game again. They came out. They supported it. They were reminded of why baseball is such a wonderful sport. And I'm assuming you saw that in Milwaukee with the Bucks. You saw it this year with the Brewers, who had a fabulous year. And you'll see it in this postseason. So I, I'm, I'm kind of making a statement, but also a question. It's amazing to see where we've been uh, in a year and how much fun this postseason can be with the fans back in the stands. And I know that makes your job a lot better, too. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot funner for sure, and and it reminds us that we also need to take care of ourselves uh, as a society, so we can continue to have moments like this. Not just sporting events. It's you know, it's concerts, music. It's just any any gathering place, any public square, whatever uh, whatever you're into. Um, it's important that we look after each other, and this virus is real, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going away. So uh, we have to take those measures so we can continue to experience all the things that we love to experience. And uh, last year was awful. I mean, as a broadcaster and we're in the entertainment business on television, we try to entertain and there's no, we were in the bubble in San Diego, just down the road. Um, And, you know, the games were really intense and fun. Once you got into the games, they're good. They played hard. I thought, but there was that, that next level when the fans are there and uh, the noise of the crowd and, you know that's what you miss. So I, I'm I'm I was happy to see that. I'm very curious to see with a five o'clock local start on a Wednesday how the ballpark looks at Dodger Stadium to start the game. Um, I don't know. I don't know if fans because you know there's there's a lot of people still freaked out about being in a public space with people. So I'm really interested to see what it looks like. Um, it will not look like Fenway yesterday, I promise. Not to start the game. It could to finish. Uh, obviously, Dodger fans are late arriving anyway. <laughs> Typically in the playoffs, they are not, though. So I'm really curious to see what that looks like at, you know, when we hit the air at 5 Pacific, what it looks and feels like behind us. Sure. Um, we know those giant speakers will be blaring. Oh, yeah. The we, know, we know they'll be, they'll be pumping up right into the, like your, into your molars. Yeah, that'll that's be the, going, but I don't know about the fans. That's the Death Star. I like to refer to it as. <laughs> um, so you're going to be with uh, Ron Darling tonight. Anybody else uh, a part of your crew on TBS? The fabulous Lauren Shahadi, who is actually on the air now. She gets up at four in the morning out here to do her MLB Network show, and she'll be with us uh, the whole run through. And then our crew will be headed to San Francisco after the game tonight or tomorrow morning, actually, and. Um, well, we're looking forward to it. You just cut out on us. I guess that meant that uh, he's got to go. But that'll be it. Awesome. That'll be it. 
Hey, B.A., uh, have a great call. Thanks for hopping on and doing this. Uh, love your work, and um, enjoy it, man. should be a lot of fun this postseason. And, again, I really appreciate it. I know you're busy today. I'm going to need you to uh, have my back, Danny Mac. I, I got I'm not you. rooting against you, even though you, you threw a couple of barbs out to start the, the interview here. I, I was trying to be I'm nice. Not, I'm not rooting against you. Okay. Well, I got your back, dog. Don't you? You don't have to worry about that, baby. I got you. Brian Anderson. I miss you, man. It was great. Great run. Congratulations on the Cardinal success. It's a great baseball town, and I'm, it's, it, it is a beautiful matchup, man. Like the history of these two teams, I can't wait to, to call this game tonight. I bet. Should be a lot of fun. And, B.A., if uh, you need anything this afternoon, give me a holler. All right, Danny Mac. Thank you, guys. You got Take it, buddy. It easy. MLB on TBS, uh, the play-by-play announcer there. That's Brian Anderson. And, again, he'll have the call of tonight's National League wildcard game on TBS, Cardinals-Dodgers. That is 7 Central. Uh, they have a one-hour pregame show as well on TBS, the exclusive home of the National League throughout the 2021 MLB postseason. Also, I should mention that Bally Sports tonight, we will have a pregame show. Uh, Jim Hayes traveled with the club, and he has been out doing a lot of work on social media on the Bally's account for uh, the latest stuff that's going on, some of the interviews, ones, uh, one-on-ones with Mike Schilt and others. And then we'll have a, a post-game show coming up as well. So once the game is over, flip on over to Bally Sports. And all the guys that uh, brought you baseball this year will be with you and talking about it uh, late into the morning, I would imagine. Well, maybe not. 7 o'clock. Let's say it's three and a half. Let's go four hours. Yeah, it might be till midnight. We'll have a long post-game, I'm Especially sure. Especially if they win. Yeah. When they win. And we want to see that. People, get, you can't get enough. That's a good thing. That was good with B.A. I enjoyed that. He was great. I'm looking forward to this game, Dan. I mentioned it off the air with you, uh, just kind of talking about this. This is about as excited as I've been for a Cardinals baseball game really since like 2016. I I know that they went to the NLCS in 2019. That felt different to me, and I don't know if I'm being fair with that, but this team, if they can win this game, man, I I think I'm going to pick them to win the NLDS, go to the NLCS, and I probably pick them against either of the teams that they would see in the NLCS. So this is this is about as excited as I've been for a Cardinals game in maybe five years now. I know this is homerish, and I get that, but if they win tonight, I would expect them to make a run. A long run. Yeah. I really do. I, I you know, all Whoever of a comes out of the AL is gonna be an absolute behemoth. Tough. But the rest of the National League, it I'll put the Cardinals up against yes. anybody. It's a different team. It's just a different team. That's all there is to it. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.